Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Hey, there is adult content ahead, and you know what? You've been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, we're winding down this year, so I thought... Well, we need to make it short and sweet so that everybody can get out there to celebrate the new year. Because after all, there are drinks to be drank, there are lips to be kissed, dances to be done, and well, you know, actions that you're going to regret in the morning. And we need to get to those as quickly as we can. With that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. Or for those of you that have decided to take an Uber, you can do that too. The choice of libation is always up to you. And if you want, you can most definitely choose champagne. I personally prefer some bourbon or whiskey. But, you know, choose your venom accordingly. All right, my darlings, now for the game part. How about every time I say haunting, that is going to be a single shot. And every time I say new year, that's going to be a double shot. All right, now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma and the story of the Barini hauntings. Where do all the lonely people go? Where do I belong? These were the words softly uttered to Rose Barini from a little boy dressed in white roaming her upstairs hall. This boy wasn't one of her two children, though. Asking odd questions, he was not of this world. The poltergeist experiences, later named the Barini hauntings by paranormal researchers, started shortly after Joe Mar- Barini moved his wife and two of her children from a former marriage into his ancestral New England home in the late 1970s. Unbeknownst to the family then, the home had its own history of mystery, which would unfold benignly at first, then into horrifying experiences that would drive them from their home in search of help. Their first otherworldly visitor was a little girl whose voice penetrated this dimension one evening in May 1979 and declared to Rose, Mama, Mama, this is Serena. Neither Joe nor Rose knew of any girl in the family's past by the name of Serena. Well, at least then. What they did come to know soon enough was that when Serena visited them, something significant was about to happen to the family, usually of dire consequences. 
After Serena's first visit, their daughter Daisy went to the doctors to have her tonsils taken out. Except during the operation, there were complications which resulted in her heart stopping and she nearly died. The timing of Serena's visit and Daisy's near-death experience did not go unnoticed by the Barinis. Serena's visit to the family also coincided with the stroke of Joe's grandmother and a night in November before the elderly woman passed away. Her connection to the family seems strong as Joe remembers waking up to Serena's voice to find his wife choking next to him in her sleep. After shaking her awake, she shared with him that her ex-husband was choking her in her dreams. Children seemed to be the theme early on in the Barini hauntings, and though there was a lull from late 1979 to March 1981, another child made an appearance to Rose. A little boy, dressed all in white, was roaming the upstairs hall. Like Serena, these were not frightening experiences, as she described them to researchers as a very peaceful experience. Unlike Serena, whose mission seems to have been to warn the family of danger, this young boy seemed to be searching for an object. The boy, witnessed by Joe, was seen entering each bedroom, then settled on the floor of the hallway in search of something sight unseen. Curious Joe later pulled up the floorboards and found a medallion of the Virgin Mary. Through family inquiry, the Barini family learned that Joe's father, Carlos, had two younger siblings that had died in the house. There was Serena, who had passed away at the tender age of five, and a young boy by the name of Giorgio, who was gone at eight. What's interesting here is that there wasn't a family investigation into these tragedies. One child is tragic, but two... Yeah, that's bordering on suspicious. The fact that both chose to haunt the ancestral home is also very unusual. Had these children been killed? And if so, by whom? It was unlikely the older brother could have done it because he was relatively young himself. The father, maybe? Joe heard the little boy say to him on one occasion, My oldest brother is the only one who can help me. What did he mean by that? Help him from what? That very sentence was the beginning of the terror. It was shortly thereafter this statement that objects started to move in unpredictable fashion, with phones flying, doors slamming open and shut, and objects being yanked out of people's hands. This turn of events led the Barinis in search of spiritual help. They asked two priests to come and bless the house which they did with prayers and holy oil. There was a quiet spell after the rituals, but it never lasted for long. The entity then descended upon them shortly after what seemed straight from hell, though it once proclaimed itself a minister of God. It was a male, hunchbacked figure with oversized feet wearing a black cape. It brought with him fury and intimidation, including flying objects, bookcases being moved, and eventually physical attacks. The children were hit on several occasions, but Rose, she was the one that took the brunt of the figure's venom. 
On one occasion, Rose was struck by an open freezer door, but this was mild in comparison to what was about to happen. One evening, Rose was yanked from bed at night, suspended in the air, then dropped to the floor. Another night, Joe was called back from work to find their bed leaping several feet in the air and Rose cowering in the corner with a crucifix. The final straw was a carving knife jammed into the kitchen table. The Barinis left the house and again sought spiritual help. A second exorcism seemed to work as the hauntings vanished. It was at this point that the family welcomed the Psychical Research Foundation to investigate their claims. And even though there was lots of research, lots of things done, nothing was ever proven and there just isn't an answer to the story. And unfortunately, the Barinis have left the home and from my understanding, nobody lives there still. But there are still things that happen there, so things go bump in the night. All right. Now, I told you it was going to be short and sweet, but it's just not New Year's Eve without a few certain traditions or activities. You know, things like watching the ball drop, making some noise at midnight, singing the iconic New Year's Eve song like Old Lang Syne, for starters. But did you know that some of the things that you do before the clock strikes midnight are long-standing traditions derived from New Year's superstition and folklore from around the world? Yes, I hate to tell you there's more to a midnight kiss than you might think, so you might want to choose your partner wisely. And blowing horns and setting off fireworks are for more than just a cute Instagram photo. Superstition says that it's important to keep your cupboards and wallet full too, and to be very particular about people coming and going from your house close to midnight. But even if you're feeling auspicious, no matter what you do on New Year's Eve, know that lots of cultures agree that how you spend New Year's Day will set the precedent for how your year is going to go. And since we're celebrating the new year, I thought it would be fitting if we explored some of these new year superstitions. You might hear yourself in some of these. So let's start with that obligatory kiss at midnight. It may just seem like kissing someone at midnight is a way to show your excitement for the new year. Or, you know, if you haven't been kissed in a really long time and just want to be kissed, that works too. But actually, it's thought that if you kiss someone that you love as the clock strikes midnight, those sentiments will continue for the next 12 months. That's nice, but you know, the kiss is good too. Well, if they're a good kisser. This one was a new one, and I'd never heard of this one. But you're supposed to eat 12 grapes at midnight. Which, you know, I immediately went, well, are you supposed to kiss somebody first at midnight and then eat the grapes? Or eat the grapes while you're kissing them? Or how exactly is that supposed to happen? And is it alright if the grapes are squished into champagne? Because I'm okay with that too. Anyways, this particular food superstition, originated in Spain, is meant to bring you luck for the year ahead. You just eat 12 grapes at midnight, one for every month, or put them on a skewer and serve as a fun New Year's Eve cocktail garnish. Or, in my thoughts, squish them into champagne and go with that. That works for me. You're also supposed to fill your cupboards. Check and see what grocery stores are open on New Year's Eve because it's considered bad luck to start the new year with bare cupboards. This is supposed to signal poverty and hardship, so you want to make sure those cupboards are full. 
And speaking of full, you definitely want to make sure that there's cash in your wallet. You want to enter a year full of financial prosperity? Then you better make a run to the ATM so you can fill your wallet with cash. Also, never ever loan out any money on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And don't start the year with any unpaid debts or you could set a precedent for the months ahead. Well, I guess I'm screwed because I got a lot of unpaid debts. But the next one is near and dear to my heart. In fact, my bestie always tells me this one. Don't clean the house. Now, this is a superstition that I can actually get behind. If you're concerned about sweeping or washing away any luck coming your way, then you don't want to do any cleaning. This, is, this includes dishes and laundry. Some people don't even wash their hair. Okay, yeah, maybe I might be that person. Sorry. And you're supposed to open the doors at midnight. Well, actually just before midnight. So you can let the old year out and welcome the new one in. It doesn't have to be for long. Even those who believe in this superstition can get cold after a while. And you know you're not supposed to cry. You have to save your tears for another day because crying on New Year's Day could set a year of sadness in motion. So, oh my God, do not watch the sappy movies on New Year's Day. Watch the Doctor Who marathon. It's better for you anyways. This one's straight from the South. You need to eat collard greens and black-eyed peas. If you want to keep with Southern tradition, eating black-eyed peas and collard greens on New Year's Day will supposedly bring good luck and prosperity, respectively, in the months ahead. You're not supposed to leave the house. Open the door, but don't leave the house. Well, unless someone enters from the outside first. And who that person is will supposedly will say a lot about the luck you'll have in the new year. In Scotland, the first person in your home also is supposed to bring you a gift. Yet another wacky, wonderful reason to love the Scots. I'm all about people bringing me presents. I should get presents every day, not just on New Year's. Okay, anyways. You need to skip eating lobster. Now this one I'm pretty good with, and I know you guys think that I'm really fancy. I'm actually allergic to lobster. Not anything else, just lobster. But you may want to rethink any fancy New Year's Eve food ideas that includes lobster. Many cultures believe that eating lobsters before midnight is bad luck, since they actually move backwards. Therefore, you're setting yourself up for a year of setbacks. So stay away from the lobster. And this one I think we all know. You need to make some noise. Bring in the noise. Bring in the funk. Oh wait, no, not the funk. Leave the funk out. Let's just bring in the noise. You may love buying noisemakers and fireworks to set off at midnight anyway, but did you know that the tradition originated from a superstition that making loud noise at midnight would scare evil spirits and omens away? Well, that's a good reason for them to be shooting off fireworks when I'm trying to sleep. Now this one, yeah, I'm not going to get behind this one, but I'm, some of you guys out there might like it. You're supposedly supposed to eat herring. Whether you like your herring pickled or not, eating it in some form at midnight is considered good luck in Germany and Sweden. Oh, those crazy Germans and Swedes. This one was interesting. You need to carry an empty suitcase. And it can just be around your house for a few minutes, but in Colombia, it's seen as setting yourself up for adventures in the new year. I like that one. That one's kind of cool. I don't have an empty suitcase, but okay. 
And you need to beware of eating chicken. That's right. Even stuff that tastes like chicken that isn't chicken. No, I'm just kidding. Just the chicken. Similar to lobster, chicken is also a very superstitious food to eat on New Year's Eve. Since chickens have wings, they can make your luck fly away. I know. And last but not least, were you born on New Year's Day? Well, then superstition says you'll automatically be lucky throughout your entire life. And even more so if you're born at midnight. And most cities, states, and counties, the first baby born on New Year's actually gets a prize. Most people don't know that. All right. Anyways, and now to leave you with my favorite quote for the new year. I was going to quit all my bad habits and behaviors for the new year. Then I remembered. I am not a quitter. Happy New Year, my heathens. Join me next year for more crazy, weird, and wonderful stories. And with that, we've come to the end of this episode. And I thank you for joining me here today. And I hope that you'll take the time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have suggestions for a future show, or if you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line because I do reply to all emails. And on that note, that is all the time that I have for you today. Thank you, my darlings, for this fabulous year and for joining us here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. Happy New Year. And I will speak to you next year. I love you, my darlings. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.